0: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a Member FDIC. You're, 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 you're,
1: tuned, you're tuned
0: in to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. The top podcast covering the defending AFC champion, Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsay Patterson and Mike santagado at Odyssey Sports Podcast.
1: We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Thursday is here. It's Wednesday in Bengals World. How are you doing, Mike? I'm
0: doing pretty good, Lindsay. How are you doing?
1: Good. Good. I'm ready for uh, some Monday Night Football, and I'm so glad we finally got to the podcast where we can talk Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Buffalo Bills, Cincinnati Bengals, uh, match up with this offense and this defense. We'll have predictions later on in the podcast, but... I feel like the biggest news of today right now, obviously we know Lyle Collins is out for the season. They're going to put him on the IR soon. That hasn't been official. And the team hasn't announced that it's an ACL, but we we are hearing, obviously, insider information that it's an ACL going to be done for the rest of regular season and then postseason. The hope is he'll be ready for training camp in early August. So you move to the offensive line. And I think, you know, we've talked about it plenty on this podcast that it was going to be Hakeem Adineji's turn at right tackle uh that's starting to look like maybe it's not going to be hakeem's job it's not official in cincinnati and zach taylor was asked by the media today who's going to be the right tackle and he said they do know internally but they're not ready to announce it which he doesn't have to as the head coach right now they have a few more practices in there why would you tell buffalo if you don't have to go ahead and say uh this is going to be our starter when it comes to the right tackle position but it's going to look like isaiah Prince probably 90 percent sure is going to get the start
0: yeah um had yeah, Joe Burrow say <clears throat> feel confident in Zay and Zay is the nickname of Isaiah Prince and not for some reason the nickname of <laughs> Uh yeah I phew, other than feeling like I wasted 1500 words on uh and Energy and also thinking that he made Plenty of improvements and showed why he could start at right tackle and in my opinion, probably should start at right tackle for the next couple of games. Uh yeah, I don't know. There's uh we could talk about the, the two players are pretty yeah. different. Yeah, okay. I mean Adenogy, I think, moves better. I think he's athletic. I think that's what's exciting about him at right tackle, is he's a really good mover, he's very athletic. He lacks some of the – still got a little um, rough around the edges to him, you know, giving up a few pressures because you know not hitting his landmarks or he's missing the snap count or things like that. He's giving up his chest a little bit. But overall, when you watch him, at least in this past game, I felt like, yeah, this guy could start at right tackle and probably do an okay job. I think he's done enough to look like a solid swing tackle for the future. Isaiah Prince, last time we saw him, was in the Super Bowl, which didn't go well at all. Uh, he's longer and stronger. I think those are the two things that if you value length and power, then I guess you go with Prince. If you value other things, I think you go with That Racking my brain a little bit on why. I think that Adenogy is a better pass protector probably. Um, Prince – I think can give you a little bit more, as I mentioned, power. A little bit more of what Collins was giving you in the run game, specifically. If you want to run power stuff to the right side, uh, Adenji's not going to displace a defender like Prince can. So maybe that's some of the reason you would go with Prince. Uh, Maybe you're worried about Gregory Russo's length, or just length in general. Um, But yeah. When I think back and hey, a rising tide lifts all ships, they are now going to play with Alex Kappa at right guard with Ted Karras at center. just improvements along this right side. So whoever gets in there should be better than the last postseason run. It's just, I thought Denji played solid. Now maybe Prince comes in and he does a solid job this game. Who knows? It's, I don't want to go full doom and gloom. I think I would make the other move, but I do think there's some validity to it. And also just think that the floor should be higher for whoever plays there than it was in the last postseason, because trying to play next to Jackson, Carmen or identity out of position. I think he's a tackle and they had him at guard and Hopkins having his career worst year, you know, that that's a low floor. Now the adjacent guys should be able to help them a little bit and lift it up.
1: I think what's surprising about all of it is normally on Wednesdays, Lyle Collins wouldn't practice on Wednesdays. And that's the first real practice days for a team. And Hakeem Adeneji was taking those first team reps so to be a little surprised that, and obviously you, you you bank on Lyle Collins being out there at your right tackle position when he was healthy to kind of go with Isaiah Prince. The only thing I can really think of when it comes to Prince and as you mentioned, mentioned the length, um, they're obviously different in size. Maybe it's because they know that he's had the experience in some of these big games. Um, you know, you, you look at these postseason games, he's been out there before. Obviously it wasn't great, but I do feel like it's a little bit of a difference, and maybe I'm more on the optimistic side of what the offensive line could look like with him out there, is you do have Alex but you do have Ted Karras, um, you do have Cordell Bowles, and I know he's a rookie out there, and then Jonah Williams on the other side, that maybe that's going to be helpful when it comes to this offensive line and the chemistry with Isaiah Prince and just having that experience. And not that Hakeem energy couldn't be out there. He was obviously out there in the Super Bowl, one of the biggest games. This is a Monday night football game. I, I mentioned, you know, on social media, I feel like it's the biggest regular season game in franchise history in a really long time, and it's not going to be too big for Isaiah because he's been in the big game. But at the same time, I just, I guess, I have a few more questions on on why they roll with Prince because I think a lot of us were making on Hakeem Adeniji if you weren't saying Andrew Whitworth, um, that's that's what this offensive line was going to look like. So it's a little questionable, and I wonder how long the leash is if they do decide to, if things aren't going well, if they make the move and put Hakeem out there, or if Isaiah does okay in this matchup, and then it's different for the Baltimore Ravens game in the playoffs. You obviously can't just play musical chairs with your offensive line going into these important games. Um, But I guess when you look at the matchup as a whole with this Buffalo team, I I want more of your pros and cons with Prince in this matchup.
0: (laughs) Okay. uh, Well, the matchup that whoever is at right tackle is going to face, I'm kind of briefly talked about it, but Gregory Russo—he's like six foot six. We're gonna look that up. But <laughs> when I, I watched him when he was in college, just a little bit, because I, I watched like a game or two. Yeah, he is six foot six. Nice recollection from me. Um, but I watched him at college a little bit. He went to Miami. He was one of the top defensive end prospects then. It wasn't a good class. It was like him as and, uh, Jalen Phillips, who are all d- turning into pretty good players. Uh, there was no like Miles Garrett type in the draft, though. So I watched him and I remember thinking, I was watching and watching, and I just kind of went like, kind of like great value, Carlos Dunlap. <laughs> and then, you uh, know, that's not a bad thing, but just like, uh, I don't know if he'll ever be. I mean, Dunlap's had over hundred sacks in his career. The guy's awesome. Uh, so has he ever hit that level? I don't know, but he plays similarly. He's strong and long, which I mentioned with Prince can match that. identity can't really match that too well. I think there's ways that Adenogy could get around that and provide his own power, uh, not power, but provide his own um, positive impacts on the game. But when you're talking about just matching length and power, match it with length and power, and whoever wins, wins. Uh, that Russo lines up over there. It's like seventy five percent of the time. So that you're, you know who you're getting most of that game. Uh, I think it's even been that way. I watched the game against the Bills. Just the game against the Bills. The game against the Dolphins. geez. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Russo was never moving sides. So you know who you're going to get on each, uh, in each game. I don't think you could just decide it based off this matchup, though. Like I feel like developing the continuity as we hit a playoff run is more important than trying to play musical chairs, as you mentioned, or, you know, just play matchup ball with your, with your right tackle. Uh, one of those guys has to just get ingrained in the offense and be able to go. It speaks a little bit to where they think an energy is because I, I have to think that after the playoff run and nothing so far this season, they, this guy was on waivers in the practice squad they they don't have that high of an opinion on Isaiah Prince I don't think like he's not a guy that they're praying to protect but I don't know uh he's longer he's stronger he could do some of that power stuff he could he's not the best pass protector I would assume what this actually does and it's true with the energy too you're probably going to give that guy a lot of help and whether that is giving him some slide or giving him the tackle chip whatever you're probably going to see Jonah Williams on an Island more often than he was with Collins. So that's, and they did that in the Patriots game where they they were giving identity the help. So right side is going to get help because you know which side is weaker, which puts your left tackle on an Island a little bit. I don't think this is a matchup he should get killed in. So it probably works, but, something to think about especially going forward you got to play the chargers or something and you're gonna get joey bosa against uh jonah williams but you have to give help on the right side then again it's cleo mac over there or whatever whichever one is wherever <laughs> this is the only dominant edge group i could think of in the playoffs but if you run into them you got to think about that too it's, it's like i got to give help to the right tackle pretty much no matter what and now jonah williams good good luck <laughs> uh we'll do some other stuff to help you out but uh, in this game, I think he's just going to kind of be on the island for the most part. I, I think you're going to get a few snaps of Prince or a, still a chance of energy, but we're thinking Prince. I so think you get a few snaps of Prince on the you know, proverbial island here, but uh, you're going to get more help going his way. If you think of it like a slider, it's like it used to be close to 50-50, and now that help is leaning heavily to the right side.
1: Yeah, it's definitely going to be something to watch on Monday Night Football. I know right now social media is not a huge fan of this because I think a lot of people predicted that it would be Hakeem Adeniji. I thought it would be Hakeem Adeniji until today. Um, but, you know, and, and you wonder if, if Joe Burrow has a say in it. He was in his press conference today and Joe's job isn't to know that we don't know who's going to be the right tackle right now. I mean, he's just saying he, he felt pretty confident in the job that he can do or whoever is at right tackle. Um, When you think about him out there and kind of what we've talked about this offense, I want to transition a little bit to the cover, too. One of the biggest things was what this offense really started to look like after week five. And early on, Joe was struggling with cover, Two, And that was a pretty big story to start the season with this offense. And it seems like, you know, ever since Callahan, quarterback coach, Joe Burrow um, have really been involved in the play calling. Things have really changed for what this offense looks like, getting the run game going, um, getting all the wide receivers involved. What have you noticed since week five with this team and, and going against cover,
0: Two? Yeah, that, that's the Ravens game, right? Week five, mm-hmm. I think. Um, yeah, I mean, it was like a wholesale schematic change around then, started in the run game to be able to take advantage of these light boxes, because one of the issues with cover two is we got to be able to run the ball and at least threaten them a little bit. They weren't able to do that early on, and then they switched to this power run game stuff, and it works really well. They were really high up there You know, rush EPA per play and run success rate. And to my eyeballs, it looked better than when they were trying all the zone stuff under center. So getting a uh, well-developed shotgun run game just kind of makes it so that teams can't sit deep in these cover two looks and take everything away. They actually have to be able to play the run. But to go with that, I think they also started running different concepts. I think the quarterback started playing better. Uh, there's a lot of reasons for all this. And then you also think about what we've talked about and the Jamar Chase injury really made them kind of learn how to drive the ball methodically down the field rather than bank on big explosive plays. Not No longer just Jamar Chase, I'm going to toss you the ball and you're going to get 50 yards. And that's how we're going to generate good offense <laughs> is nothing, 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 50 yards, nothing, nothing now it's like 8 10 12 15 8 5 7 3 and then eventually you also still get those plays but you know you're learning that i can take my checkdowns i can you know get to all these high low stuff that they like to do they've run more cover 2 beaters and they i believe in that same tweet they mentioned that burrow has faced cover 2 at the highest percentage that to me is almost a little bit more of a of a it is a joe burrow uh, statistic. It's a little bit of a Jamar Chase statistic because they don't want to allow that guy to play one-on-one at all. And really the main way you can play zone defense and not allow Jamar Chase to be one-on-one with a guy on the outside is play cover two to that side. Whether that's going to be cover two or quarter, quarter, half stuff, uh, we saw a lot of quarter, quarter, half in the Ravens game and a few other games that Jamar called six strong, I remember, uh, in the Ravens game. so they gave me a lot of six strong on that which means he's getting the cover two to his side. But the running concepts that attack this, you saw Burrow in this past game, just shred cover, hit. There's holes in cover two underneath because you have two deep defenders and then five underneath defenders creating seven and then four pass rushers. The holes underneath are there, but the, the deep holes are in between the safeties or in between the safety and corner. And Burrow is just shredding that down the field. I mean, these were just dimes he was tossing. This is why I think the Patriots game this past game might have been Burrow's best game because he was just hitting everything. I mean, there was the drop touchdown from Irwin, the drop touchdown from Chase, and the missed DPI call on Higgins. Otherwise, we're talking about like 450 yards, five-touchdown performance from Joe Burrow. And I think that, you know, got the AFC Player of the Week probably because some people are watching going like oh geez they're dropping some uh, some beautiful throws here that there's two the two that really hurt me are the one that irwin down the middle of the field i you know it is your fourth wide receiver and you know blah 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 but just on a chalkboard he makes the perfect throw perfect trajectory perfect velocity hits him in the hands no touchdown and then the other one is one of my favorites to watch the one to chase down the left side and also miss Chase dropped the out and up. That would have been like a 70 yard play. So I guess we're talking like 500 yards, but anyway, uh, it was down the left sideline and the ball. The corner is underneath chase and the safety is over the top and the ball just, it falls down because chase never gets to it or maybe gets a hand on it, but basically hits the exact spot. There's like a foot of a window there down the field and Burrow had to put some touch on it. And, uh, it's one of my favorite throws and it didn't get completed, so I'm upset because it's like I can't really post it as a highlight as much as I want to. But yeah, he he was hitting the stuff and the reason that this is interesting is because I think a lot of people tell you that with Burrow's arm strength, well, he can't attack these, you know, sideline hole shots or can't fit the ball between the two safeties down the middle of the field. And he showed he can.
1: That's what makes me mad about the Patriots game. Joe, obviously, he won AFC Offensive Player of the Week, so people who vote on that and see noticed that he had a great game, um, his first half alone. They honestly left so, so many touchdowns off the board or just plays in general. And that's why Joe, who does not get heated or anything, he got on the sideline and he was kind of like, all right, Tyler, a little bit of miscommunication there. Uh, they, they were chatting on the sidelines and just knowing that that interception there, the pick six, Um, those, those weren't on Joe Burrow and it's just unfortunate because he could have just had another, like you mentioned, maybe it's a 500 yard day for him in the air. Um, but just a a great performance by Joe. And it's always, it's always odd to say that after an interception and pick six, but we know joe's interceptions those tip passes um when those are those are a little annoying and something that he has to work on but those weren't anything close to that when it comes to what he looked like against the patriots defense so uh so it's been fun to watch it's been fun to watch joe burrow it's really exciting to think about him and, and josh allen on monday night football but we'll get more to that matchup in just a moment next we're going to the mailbag on it's always game day in cincinnati